0: Hi, I'm Charles.
1: I'm Christine. And,
0: and we eat stuff.
1: Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. My name is Christine Guthrie, and I am one half of We Eat Stuff In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. We sat down recently with someone not in the food industry but more in the health and wellness space. Constance Steinkamp is one of my former yoga teachers and she's currently teaching at Urban Breath Yoga in The Grove you can also find her at float midtown and generally traveling around local st louis haunts i don't know how much you guys know about this whole podcast but i do all the editing i produce it all and put it all together and one of the things i purposely did during the editing process of this podcast is i left in some of the long pauses while Constance was thinking of her answers. She's always struck me as having such a soothing melodic voice and it seemed natural to leave in breaths and pauses if you will uh, almost like in a yoga class. Thank you for listening and this is Constance Steinkamp.
2: Constance, hi, what's up? Oh, not much. It's just a rainy day in St. Louis, so I'm happy to be here in your cozy home, sipping on golden milk and just enjoying good company. Yeah, thanks for coming over.
1: Appreciate it. I'm doing well. It's good to see you. It's been a while, it has been a while. I know. Well, yeah, I I know I, I put out a call yesterday for a random podcast interview, you responded. Thank you. I'm glad we could make it work. Yeah. Um, what did you tell people what you just cooked up for us in our kitchen?
2: Um, so I put together one of my favorite winter libations. Is it a libation if it doesn't have alcohol in it?
3: I'm not sure. I
2: don't know. No. Okay. Well, it's a non-alcoholic libation. So this is a warm golden milk with turmeric, a little bit of black pepper, um, cinnamon, and almond milk, and honey to sweeten it up. And it's a great anti-inflammatory, and it's just a really warm and cozy drink. Yeah. Very good. Well, wonderful. Cheers. 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 Good Mm -hmm. to
1: see you. Good to see you guys. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Very nice. Good mixture of stuff. Um, So we were talking uh, while you were making this. Tell us about
2: where where you learned this recipe and how this evolved. Yeah. So I've been teaching yoga and meditation um, since 2011. I've been practicing for about 15 years, and that path took me to um, India to study bhakti yoga um, in an ashram uh, in 2011 and 2012 um, under the guidance of a teacher known as a guru in India. And I studied the ancient scriptures and part of my um, time in in an ashram was, uh, was performing, service, um, in order to stay there. So to, you know, sleep and to eat there and just to stay there, you don't pay money, but instead you do service. And that's something that they call seva. And my seva was, um, cooking in the kitchen under the guidance of, um, what they call deities mm-hmm. um, which is a word that means sisters. So it's just a term of endearment for mm-hmm. women. Um, so I, learned how to cook traditional Ayurvedic um, Indian meals while I was there. So for that whole year, you know, a couple of hours of my day was spent in the kitchen of the ashram, Mm -hmm. Mm. um, working with all the wonderful and fragrant spices and um, really understanding that food is medicine and Mm. wellness is not just taking your vitamins and drinking a green juice every once in a while, but it's very Mm. much like a a whole a holistic lifestyle mm-hmm. so very and, nice
0: and what does uh for those who don't know what does Ayurvedic
4: mean?
2: Uh, Ayurvedic means science of life um it's a sister science to yoga mm-hmm. and um it, it it includes everything from nutrition to um spirituality to uh you know th- it's a system that allows you or encourages you to live in harmony um, within your body live in harmony within your environment so it's agriculture it's um it's just everything about how you move about and navigate the world Um, ayurvedic can be uh you know a way that you wake up in the morning that supports your energy level and i you know i could get into it but There are three doshas in Ayurveda, and that uh, dosha is an element that makes up, you know, your physical, uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the doshas are vata, which is air and ether, pitta, Mm -hmm. fire, and kapha, which is earth and water. Mm Um, And so we're all comprised of all three of those elements, um, but most people have like a dominant dosha. Mm. Um, And if your dominant dosha is uh, pitta, for example, then a good way for you to wake up in the morning might be to, uh, a quality of fire would be maybe you wake up in the morning and your mind is already racing. Mm. Um, So uh, doing, you know, some sort of like really dynamic Physical thing might not be the best for pitta dominant people,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, but maybe sitting and meditating would be the mm-hmm. best option for them. Just to really like establish their day in a very grounded and rhythmic way. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're kapha, kapha people tend to be a little bit um, more, you know, it's the earth and water element, so maybe a little. I guess a negative way to put it would be sluggish. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you feel sluggish in the morning and you just have a really hard time waking up, um, then a good you know Ayurvedic way for a kapha person to wake up would be, um, you know, maybe uh, a little bit of yoga and like moving around. Um, coffee, you know, a little bit of caffeine would be good mm-hmm. for a kapha type person. And so it's definitely inclusive of uh, a very you know, kind of all things in moderation type of a mindset. So, like caffeine isn't necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. according to Ayurveda, for mm-hmm. example. Um, so, it's just a couple of examples of, you know, how how that works. But, um, you know, first you would establish what your dosha is, or what your dominant dosha is, and then you would kind of go from there to navigate, like, how you would move about the world in a quote-unquote Ayurvedic way. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting.
1: Okay, well, I have many things I want to get into you because... <laughs> okay. We, uh, so, we've known each other previously. I guess I first met you four, five years ago. I don't know when it was because I started taking your yoga classes right. at the place on Grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've been traveling around, teaching at various studios.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, just tell people, what are you up to? What have you been doing in the last... Year around town, and what are you looking to (coughs) bring about in
2: 2018? Yeah, Um, so what I'm up to, I feel like I've got a few irons in the fire right now. Um, So, work wise, I am working part time at Float, it's a sensory deprivation tank center. Mm -hmm. There's one in Midtown and one in Maryland Heights, and um, that's obviously been a really complimentary. Um, workplace for me as a yoga and meditation teacher um, and it's helped me really dive much deeper into my own meditation practice um, so I do that part-time and what I do there is I consider myself somewhat of a community facilitator mm-hmm. people come in um, before their float to just kind of relax and mm. chill out and Um, so I'm there to talk to people about meditation. I'm there to, um, just facilitate vulnerability, openness, all of that. It's just kind of a place to relax and wind. And, um, you can talk about your experience after your float. Um, you can talk about, you know, what your preconceived notions are of floating before that. So I don't know, it's just an interesting place to connect with people and I really like it. Um, I'm also teaching yoga and meditation at Urban Breath, um, which also has two locations. There's one in The Grove, and there's one in Maplewood that's, you know, I have, like you said earlier, been teaching all over the St. Louis area, um, in the past, and I most recently just decided to start teaching at this one place. It's my home studio, it's where all my favorite teachers are, and it's a place that, um, that really challenges me, Mm -hmm. I think, to be a better teacher because of the quality of teachers that Mm -hmm. are there Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. they've all been doing it for such a long time Mm -hmm. and it's their full-time thing Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just a really, really great place for that reason. Outside of that, um, I've been taking private clients and building a little bit of a corporate Mm -hmm. um, account. Mm -hmm um, doing site yoga and meditation, either, you know, at a place of work or going to someone's home or having someone come to the studio. Um, and then, uh, the private stuff is really fun because then I can really get into, you know, getting into like the health coaching and, Mm -hmm. and talking about Ayurveda and, and really working with somebody um, where they are, mm-hmm. you know, and the type of yoga that they need for their mind and body and the type of food and the, you know, just getting into the finer details of how you can live um, a holistic life. And I guess one more element to that would be a uh, sacred space design. Mm-hmm. So I've recently um, created a meditation nook in my own home, mm-hmm. and um, it was just a really fun creative outlet um, and I have since had people inquire about how to make their own space whether it be in their home or at their office just a little bit more of a sacred space mm-hmm. uh, a place where maybe they can see themselves finding a little bit of zen a little mm. bit of like you know just peace of mind mm. yeah Very cool yeah and just incorporating all of those element elements to you know, live a holistic
1: life. Yeah, very cool. Now I remember something uh, you posted. I guess within the last year on Facebook or something, is you became or you attended seminars for TM, mm-hmm. right? I've been reading so much about that. Can you just share about
2: that? Yeah. And tell people what is it who may not have heard. Uh huh. So TM is uh, short for Transcendental Meditation. It was brought. Um, this style of practice is known as Raja Yoga, which mm-hmm. is the royal path. And the reason why it's known as the royal path is because nothing is done, yet all is accomplished. So it's this idea that you can sit and find yoga or union uh, through, through effortlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, through closing your eyes, they assign you a mantra, and the mantra doesn't mean anything. And that's significant because you don't want your intellect to um, be working, you know, necessarily. You want your intellect to kind of soften and you want to move into deeper and deeper states of consciousness or awareness through your mantra. So your mantra is this thing that kind of helps you to just dive deeper into your consciousness. Um, If you think of an ocean, on the surface of the ocean, it's kind of choppy. There are waves. There's a lot of turmoil. And that's kind of like your thoughts. Mm. So your thoughts are the surface of the ocean. They're the surface of the mind. Um, And then this mantra helps to give your mind something to hold on to and to kind of move into deeper states of awareness, which are like, you know, and when you go into the depths of the ocean, it becomes more and more still, more Mm -hmm. and more peaceful. So it's this idea of finding stillness. Um, And mantra, the word mantra means to transcend the mind. So that's Mm -hmm. where the transcendental um, aspect comes from, is uh, you're transcending the choppy waters of thoughts and ego uh, identification, basically, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and moving into a place of pure consciousness. Very cool. Um, Yeah, it was brought over to the United States in the 70s by Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and um, so it very much is, it comes from a lineage and, uh, you know, it's not just this like made up sort of new age sure. fluffy thing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What it has it given you? Um, I would say that, um, transcendental meditation and floating, um, dovetailed for me in the same year. So I did my transcendental meditation, <coughs> training over the summer. And I started um, working at float and floating once to twice a week um, last January. Mm -hmm. So both the um, overarching um, quality or the overarching theme in both Transcendental Meditation and floating is effortlessness. And it's this profound state of effortlessness that Um, that really helps to soften you and ground you into yourself with with a capital S. So Mm -hmm. this idea of um, moving from the witness, the witness consciousness, as opposed to, um, you know, getting tied up in the thoughts in your mind, for example. Mm -hmm. So when you have thoughts in your mind, you might have a tendency to get distracted by that, those thoughts, and you're inevitably in the past or in the future, mm-hmm. if that's the case, and you're not mm-hmm. present. Um, so through floating and Transcendental Meditation, you learn to really soften into the present moment and mm-hmm. um, to allow yourself, to give yourself permission to, uh, to feel deeper and deeper states of effortlessness. So even just sitting here right now, um, if you were to just close your eyes and take a moment to focus on your breath and, you know, become aware of things like uh, tension in your jaw or in your throat or in your heart, you know, and just really allow yourself to soften,
4: mm-hmm.
2: um, then, you know, you'll you'll find that your shoulders are relaxed and, you know, just everything kind of ripples out from there. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's done for me. Um, It's, you know, helping me to melt anxiety. It's um, helping me to just really be fully embodied and present Mm -hmm. and to connect with people authentically. Very nice. I like
0: it. So, as far as the, uh, the dietary stuff, like, is this something that's kind of hard to do, like, and still eat out? or something that you definitely have to kind of control mm. your uh, you know your food intake very tightly.
2: I think that's a that's a um really great question. Um people I think often feel like um living a healthier lifestyle is this big overhaul that you have to do like really intentionally. Um and I found that when I first started practicing yoga, um I was 17 years old and um I was eating, you know, Jack in the Box on a regular basis and e- drinking Mountain Dew, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was smoking cigarettes and just kind of like being a 17 year old and just like not thinking twice about my habits and all of that. So um, for me, what happened was I started living more intentionally through the practice of yoga. It's all about very intentional movements right um intentionality paired with more and more effortlessness um and so from that foundation i just naturally started um like you know quote unquote bad habits started just kind of melting away i didn't you know i I started feeding myself um, more wholesome i just started craving more, I guess, healthy options, like, um, whole, you know, more like, uh, whole foods, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, vegetables and a little bit of meat and grains and, you know, Mm -hmm. that was all just a part of the transition. So what I'm trying to say is, um, it's not something that I feel like through working with people in this way, it's not about this overhaul in your lifestyle, but it's about making small changes that encourage an upward spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cool. I like that phrase, upward spiral. So downward spiral. That's yeah. Right. Too much of you're here. Sure. Especially in, like the lives of like chefs and like people working in the industry, like, uh, Generally, you always hear about these downward spirals of drugs and mm-hmm. you know, overwork, and and it's you know. the same
2: process, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, we have we're creatures of habit. We're going to have a practice either way. Maybe your practice is, you know, waking up in the morning, slamming a bunch of coffee, shoving a bagel in your mouth, running <laughs> out the door, you know, and that's going to be um, like that is going to lend itself to other habits that you know. Mm-hmm might not be, uh, something that help you to thrive or to feel energized and lifted. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, it's all just about habits and, you know, habit patterns and Mm rerouting your habit patterns. Um, and so a lot of times I really think that it's just about, um, starting off really simple with like not even thinking about quitting smoking Mm -hmm. cigarettes, not Mm -hmm. even thinking about losing weight, not even thinking about any of that, let go of the goal and just focus on the process. Sure. So maybe initially it's just getting to your yoga mat and focusing on yeah. your breath and you know Doing that
0: yeah. yeah, I mean I hear it's one of the main reasons people can't quit smoking is it's tied to the rituals of their lives like I need to have you thought they have a cigarette when you need to have, to have a drink they need to have a cigarette mm-hmm. and like, Things like that and I definitely was that way one time. Yeah. I used to smoke so
2: I did know. too. I did too and when I, I found that when I finally was able to quit smoking um, was when I stopped shaming myself for smoking. Mm. Mm. So that was a big part of it. That was a big realization for me. Like, I realized that... Um, and this was in hindsight, you know? Like, in the moment, it was just one of those things where, like, I I stopped shaming myself, and that was kind of a self-hate thing. Um, and I started accepting the fact that I was smoking cigarettes, and that was a self-love thing, mm. right? Mm. So, um, you know, it's not that I was accepting... You know, the fact that I was smoking cigarettes in a sense that, like, I was okay with it. Um, I, I still wasn't okay with it, but I stopped shaming myself. So I stopped, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, I've got all these good habits in practice, and yet I still smoke cigarettes. I'm such a hypocrite. I'm such <laughs> a loser, you know? <laughs> sure, like. Yeah. Um, and, and if you've ever quit smoking, you probably know that process, like, Mm -hmm. oh, why can't I kick this habit? Mm -hmm. Um, but when I started like, yeah, just, okay, well, I'm smoking cigarettes. Here we are, you know? And then, um, I did add a little bit of discipline to it Mm -hmm. where I was like, maybe only smoking at the very end of the day. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I just stopped wanting them. Mm -hmm. So it was a little Mm -hmm. bit of that upward spiral kind of thing again. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the places you like to eat like, that can kind of support the lifestyle you're looking for?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so I have, you know, I live right off of South Grand, um, so there are actually three vegetarian restaurants off mm-hmm. of South Grand yep. now. it's yeah. yep. um, awesome. There's Pizza Head, which is an all-vegetarian pizza by the Slice place. That's Yes,
0: pla- we love that place. We, yeah. lo- we love Scott, he's a great guy.
2: Yeah, that place is fantastic. <laughs> um, so I... I eat there quite a bit. Um, Lulu's local eatery, um, Mm. you know, is right around the corner from my house. Mm. Treehouse vegetarian restaurant. Um, I'm really pleased with, Mm. um, they're constantly evolving and rotating menu and she's, Mm. she's, I don't know what I've described in the past is like sort of a culinary deviant, you know, in the world (laughs) of vegetarianism. Like I Uh really feel like she steps outside of the box Mm -hmm.
0: and, and uh, what's your name again? I forgot. Bay. Bay, Bay- Tran. Uh-huh. Bay, that's, right, that's right. Yeah. I'm horrible with names.
2: Yeah. That's well, true. you know, we all have our strengths. <laughs> <laughs> that's not one of mine. That's right. Um, so, I mean, those just, those three pop into my mind because they're right around the corner from my house. Um, but I also love Seeds Cafe, um, especially mm. in the summer because mm. they're more. Um, Ve- raw vegan oriented and I think that type mm. of food lends itself to warmer weather Yeah. Mm-hmm. do you have any specialty dishes or drinks that you like to cook for yourself or your friends um, well I I really love cooking Indian food mm-hmm. um, that's probably my go to um, for myself and for my friends just because I had such a, a strong um immersion mm-hmm. in that style of cooking while i was in india so uh that's that's definitely a go-to um, indian food and pizza <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. i think those are probably my two uh favorite mm-hmm. go-to's um, have you been to
0: himalayan yeti
2: i have yeah i haven't been there in a while and it's one of those places kind of off the beaten path so. yeah it used
0: to be a long on silvers at one point times so, it's one of those locations of doom where or every place that opens up there just lasts about almost a year and then goes away. But well, I
2: hope that's not the case Same for here, them. yeah. But I love them. Yeah. I, I don't think about them often because they're not in one of those like popular strip areas. Yep. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I, I'm kind of a creature of habit when it comes to my stomping grounds. I'm mm-hmm. like, South Grand, mm-hmm. um, you know, Central West End or Midtown or, you know. Understood. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been to uh, confluence oh yeah so that was another um for our beverage i thought about popping mm-hmm. over to, to confluence and yeah. grabbing some kombucha there yeah. i love that place so much yes. and i'm so glad you brought that up um yeah. because you know it's definitely top five yeah for yeah. me will is very talented will is very talented mm-hmm. and we go way back he's a very good friend of mine oh, really yeah. oh, cool. um and speaking of culinary deviance like he <laughs> yes. is. He's doing a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's
0: getting a lot of notoriety
2: lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, Julie, one of the owners, was telling me about um, some, you know, I think, it's not Top Chef, but some show Mm. like that was contacted, um, Mm. Confluence, about William and what he's doing. Interesting. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, that... St. Louis and bragging rights and, you know, the food scene here. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, that's really fun.
3: Yeah.
2: Mm. Um, Constance, what did you want to be when you were a kid? Ooh. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I, what did I want to be when I was a kid? Oh my gosh. It's funny. It's like, these types of questions like my parents used to ask me what I wanted for Christmas Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. never had an answer for them I was just like just surprise me you know Mm. so um and my mom always sort of praised me for that she was like that's so great you know like I love that you're not um that you're not like I guess I guess her idea was that I wasn't like you know materially oriented or something like that um so that's what this reminds me of. It's like, what do you want for Christmas? What did you want to be when you were grow- when you uh, grew up? And you know, I don't know. I was just really I was really into playing with my friends and I don't I guess I've always just been sort of present. I've been a mm-hmm. very um, movement oriented person my whole mm-hmm. life. So I loved dancing. Um, mm-hmm. I used to do um, talent contests, I love doing talent contests as a little kid and like, you know, making up a dance routine or like, Mm. you know, twisting myself into a pretzel and being Mm. like look what I can do, you know and like, uh, and so there there are definitely some hints Mm -hmm. that you know, I was um, a physical culturalist of sorts Mm. so, um, and like really into performance art and just art in general, Um, you know very creative Mm -hmm. um, imaginative and, um, and so teaching yoga is really fun because it's kind of like performance art meets, you know, um, mindfulness and, um, you know, I, I like to make playlists for my class, my, for my classes. And I I have like a crystal singing bowl that I like to play mm-hmm. and I bring in, you know, different readings and poetry and, you know, um, pieces of philosophy from my favorite, you mm-hmm. know, books on yoga and that sort of thing so it's a really fun fun gig you know I check in with it often I'm like man this is this is pretty cool this is how I'm getting paid yeah sure yeah now how long ago did you become certified as a yoga teacher um well I did my first teacher training in 2011 um And I actually dropped out of that one to go to India. So I was invited by a couple of good friends of mine to go to India halfway through a 200-hour yoga teacher training, and I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. Um, So I did that teacher training um, partially, and then I was in India um, for a little over a year, and for three months of that year, I popped over to Nepal, because you can only have a visa for up to six months, uh-huh. and then you have to cross the border for a couple of months in order to come back. Oh. So I went to Nepal for a couple of months, and while I was in Nepal, I um, got certified to teach yoga in 2012. Oh, okay. So I did a 200-hour uh, yoga teacher training immersion hmm. um through, for the uh, Satyananda Bihar lineage of yoga mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in Nepal. So okay. uh, that was an amazing experience. Um, the place is called Ananda Yoga Ashram. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if anyone's ever interested in doing yoga immersion and being in the Himalayas for a while, that's a mm-hmm. great, great spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, you said a, a moment ago that you, you took your first class when
1: you were about 17 or so. Mm-hmm. And so what finally led you to think, aha,
2: I want to do this. I want to lead it myself. Um, I think, yeah, so um, I wasn't super active about it um, until I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, Um, and it, it was definitely something that I knew I was like, this is something I need to do for the rest of my life. Like from the moment I did it, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really start thinking about teaching until, um, I joined a yoga studio in Louisville where I ended up starting my teacher training program. Um, and one of my teachers, you know, asked me if I would be interested in teaching because I was just, you know, really devoted and there at the studio and like asking her lots of questions and reading and like wanting to learn about her favorite books on yoga and and she was um my favorite yoga teacher at the time and um i was just you know kind of got to that point where i knew that that's what i wanted to do and then i don't think i actually realized that that's kind of where i was going with it until she was like um you know I would, you know, would you be interested in being a yoga teacher? And she kind of like pushed me in that mm. direction. Um, and simultaneously I was doing a Bhagavad Gita study group mm. um, with my friends. I was um, leading a meditation uh, group at the University of Louisville mm-hmm. in Kentucky. And uh, one of the people that was coming to that was from India and he asked me, um, if I would be interested in going and studying under his guru. Um, wow. So that's, that's how I got connected to the ashram that I lived in. Mm. Very neat. Yeah. Um, when you think of the word successful, who
1: comes to mind for you? Mm. You can name several people also.
2: <laughs> okay. Hmm. Who comes to mind for me? Honestly pretty much anyone who is sustaining themselves through being creative, yeah. Mm -hmm. When you say that, I think about singer-songwriters, I think about, uh, you know, professional ballet dancers, Mm. um, choreographers, I think about writers, um, you know, so... That is my idea of success, someone who is creatively expressing themselves and um, and paying their bills, and mm-hmm. then some. Mm-hmm. That's always
0: good, too. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> right, like, the struggling artist, the starving artist thing, I'm not really into that. No, um,
0: it's not much fun.
2: It's not much fun. No. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that um, holistic health is inclusive of financial health. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well put. Yeah. <laughs> um, like and and trust me, I'm working on that. So, yeah. you know. But, I like that answer.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Um, do you
2: have a book or books that you have gifted a lot to people? Um, yeah. So just this year, um, I gave a few of my, one of my favorite, um, fictions out. It's called The Kin of Atta Are Waiting For You. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, you know, sort of a fantasy, um, slash spiritual, uh, fable, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, cool. it kind of like touches on, The importance of our dreams and the importance of, you know, the the alchemy of following your heart, right? Mm -hmm. So, and like how your life um, kind of organically takes shape as long as you're doing what feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like The Alchemist, Mm -hmm. um, which is another one of my favorite books to give Mm -hmm. away. And uh, yeah, so I would say... Between those two, those are probably my two favorite books okay. um, to give out. But I have a lot of favorite books. Yeah, It's funny. I was talking to my boyfriend the other day, and he was like, they're all your favorite books. Because every time I reference a book, I'm like, oh, one of my favorite books.
3: <laughs> da, da, da. And then
2: mm-hmm. he's like, but they're all your favorite books. I'm like, well, I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. If, if I read it from cover to cover, then, you know, then it's my favorite. There are just many things that resonate with you. Yeah. So that's it.
1: Do you recall um, who's the author of that first book you mentioned? Um, if not,
2: that's okay. Dorothy something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's the kin of Atta. How do you spell that? Um, the kin, uh, so it's K- It's K-I-N, and um, then Atta is A-T-A. Okay. So the kin mm-hmm. of Atta are gotcha. waiting for you. Okay. Sounds interesting. It okay. is very good. Very cool. I okay. How it. long ago was it written? It was written in the 70s. Okay. Um, so, um, I did gift it to, uh, one of the people I gifted it to, um, was my boyfriend, Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, uh, he, like, kind of noted that it's got a little bit of a cheese factor to it. He's only on, (laughs) he's only on chapter two Mm -hmm. and he's already sort of, you know, a very sort of skeptical person. Sure. Um, when it comes to any of this stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which is great. Um, but, you know, I've got my work cut out for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, I like to remind people that I guess, you know, when you think about the seventies and like the style and aesthetic of the seventies, like there's a cheese factor that prevails Mm -hmm. in the seventies. So, you know, that's a thing, Mm -hmm. but, um, I haven't read it in probably at least five years, so I couldn't even give you a a clear example as to why he thought it was cheesy, but Mm. I can imagine that it probably does have a little bit of a cheese factor, Mm -hmm. so. Interesting. Mm. Um,
4: Let's
0: see. Has anyone ever ever told you you look a little bit like Clara Danes? yes (laughs)
3: yes <laughs>
2: yes as whole time I
0: was talking to you, yeah, I, just try, well, I, I shouldn't say it well I'm going to say it
2: yeah yeah I've gotten that I've gotten Claire Danes and I don't know she's really like I've gotten Claire Danes uh, Nicole Kidman Kirsten Dunst hmm. I think that's probably the top three Interesting.
0: so well, especially your hair right now it's, yeah yeah you if know, it was just dark it would be definitely this sort of my so-called life look right yeah. right <laughs> totally
2: mm. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. Well, Thank you.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole German sort of European side of the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Definitely. Okay. No, I, I get that quite a bit actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, all
1: right. I just have a couple other random questions I'm going to throw at you. Um, what is in your career, however you want to explain that, the the, the point when you felt like you'd made it?
2: Ooh. Um, honestly, in the last year, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm finally not, uh, supporting, you know, I'm not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, compensating for, for the la you know, I'm teaching yoga and meditation full time and doing, you know, for, well, I guess I am compensating. Well, I'm not working in restaurants anymore.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So... That was kind of like a big shift for me because I've always um, compensated my income with working in restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like I was, you know, teaching yoga, which is what I really love, and then I was working in a restaurant so that I could afford to teach yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, but the thing is, is that I actually really love restaurants too and Mm. the culinary scene and all of that. Mm. But um, it just feels really good to not be working in a restaurant anymore and that's like Mm. and i i I wouldn't say that this is like me this is me arriving um this is just another like a kind of a point of reference for like oh hey i'm not working in restaurants anymore (laughs) you know look at that like i'm just teaching yoga and meditation and working in places that um really support my lifestyle right
0: and what places did you work in
2: um, I worked at Treehouse Vegetarian Restaurant oh, yeah, for mm-hmm. a long time. Were
0: you? Uh, what did you do?
2: I was behind the bar, so oh. I helped with um, creating some drink recipes while I was there. Hmm. But um, you know, just the mixology oh, cool. um, part of things was really fun. And I also worked at Planner's House for a bit. Oh,
3: oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Well.
2: yeah. So yeah. very cool. Um, yeah, I like the the mixology aspect of. Um, of restaurant. And then obviously I guess Treehouse was kind of my sweet spot because it was vegetarian food with mm. a you know, mixology right yeah. kind of piece. Did right? you
0: come up with the uh the beet conto?
2: No, that was my friend Mandy Kowalski. Okay. Yeah, and she went on to work at uh at um, Planner's house, which is how I got the job there. Um and she, you know, is a big like culinary person, mm-hmm. so you know culinary genius of sorts <laughs> um yeah, she's great with flavor profiles and um she made up most of the drink menu at treehouse and um and I'm sure was a big contributor to the drink menu at planner's house as well oh, nice. Do so you drink alcohol? I do drink alcohol. Something. I do drink alcohol okay. yeah. in moderation. In moderation, yeah, all of and I eat a little bit of fish every once in a while too. Mm. So I'm a vegetarian. Okay. I'm not a vegan, um, and like you know, I eat fish maybe twice a year or something mm. like that. Just kind of like a nice treat. Like I had it for my birthday on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had some salmon, and that was really a nice thing so very cool so you were
0: born New Year's Eve
2: I was born on New Year's Eve well every
0: year's a party how about that what's that every year's a party
2: yeah exactly <laughs> oh my gosh this year was definitely a party so um, I hosted my first I called it my first annual uh, New Year's Eve slash well New Year's Eve party that just so happens to be on my birthday <laughs> yeah nice yeah it was a lot of fun um, I've never drank champagne all night so that was like you know kind of one of those things where <laughs> i was experimenting um during my first party with with doing that so anyway long story short i got a little bit more tipsy than i than i <laughs> normally do but um but that was fun i had a good time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Birthday. yeah. birthday
3: yeah birthday new year's birthday new year's Eve. expected
2: to it happened that's cool yeah
1: Okay, well, then I'm going to talk about alcohol some more. Okay, Um, let's do it. uh, I don't know if you visit places around town besides Treehouse and Planner's House, but yeah, they're they're both houses. I just realized that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, boom. Are there any cocktails
2: or beers that you've had around town that you think people ought to know about? Hmm. Yeah. um, There, I don't... I'm forgetting the name of it, but there's a really tasty. Um this is not at Treehouse or planner's House. Mm. This is at Nixta.
4: Mm-hmm. Um
2: and I'm a big fan of tequila and mezcal mm. and they've got a really uh delicious and I know their cocktail menu rotates quite a bit. Mm. Um so I don't even know if it's still there, but they had um it was a little bit of tequila, mezcal um and grapefruit; those were kind of the three mm. main mm. ingredients. Mm-hmm. So it was um, really nice, uh, kind mm. of smoky and mm. bitter and sweet, mm-hmm. um, and then a salted rim. Oh, and rosemary. There was some mm-hmm. rosemary in there as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Nixta has my favorite cocktail right now. I like it. I think aren't they all just n- numbers? I believe. Maybe. Yeah, generally I've been there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been twice, and I think I got the same drink mm-hmm. both times. Um, just because, yeah. yeah. I, I like... Well, it's it's also rare that you find a tequila-slash-mezcal-oriented cocktail in yes. St. Louis, mm-hmm. too. So I would... yeah,
0: It's getting more popular, like, uh, at Publico with Nick uh, oh, yeah. Dugavante. He usually has, yeah. like, yeah. something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. But then we had winter for, like, an ocho night, right?
1: Yes,
2: That's Mm
0: -hmm. very good, yeah.
2: Yeah, I like that place a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, What are those corn cakes that you can get there? Um, Oh, arepas. Oh, arepas. Yeah. Yeah. So good. good. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. what I get when I go there. Yep. Arepas. They're
1: really good with the guacamole. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, Constance, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that we didn't ask you about?
2: Hmm. Well. Can I throw my email address out there if anybody wants to work with me? Yes, yes. I was
1: actually gonna just wrap up questions, that sort of thing. So okay. you can just tell that if people want to find you to, you know, work with you, take one of your classes, where can they find you in person and online?
2: Um, so in person you can find me at Urban Breath. Um, you can just look up the schedule online and I'm there or if you want to come in for a float. Um, I don't have a set schedule there, I just kind of pick up about, you know, 10 to 20 hours a week, but, um, I'm floating around there as well. Um, Mm. and, uh, my email address, um, and in parentheses website coming soon, um, Mm. is, uh, my first and last name, which is Constance Steinkamp, C-O-N-S-T-A-N-C-E-S-T-E-I-N-K-A-M-P at gmail.com. So, Mm. um, if you'd like to work together, you can just email me, um, what you would, hope to achieve through working together and uh and we can go from there perfect then my last question for you tonight
1: is do you have any asks or requests for the people listening to us
2: Hmm. um you know just curb the the negative self-talk yeah be nice to yourself
1: Mm
2: -hmm. that's it Good,
1: all right. And I take like deep it. breaths. <laughs> That's also important, yes, very good. Constance, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for answering my call. Yeah. It. it was great to catch up with you. Same. Hear about what you're doing. Um, very interesting, lots of interesting stuff.
2: So thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you
1: so up. much. I'm Christine Guthrie with We Eat Stuff, and this has been another episode of We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. I would also like to encourage everyone to join our Patreon page, which you can find at patreon.com slash There, you can become a sponsor of this podcast and all the work we do, and be rewarded with cool stuff. We appreciate your support. Please join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Cheers.